You know, it's like, obviously, you're just going to say That's something. That's why you don't act like a nerd in that situation and talk about binders full of women. When he said it, I remember thinking, that's an odd thing to say. But then it's like, ah, oh, whatever. I mean, he's, he's just, the point, the gist of what he was saying is like, yeah, there are lots of women that were, you know, we had lots of options, different women. But that, that's what I'm saying. Things are just immediately taken out of context to ridicule people online. And that's all right. they do now. But back in the 90s, no one ridiculed Bob Dole for having that pen in his hand all the time. I oh, thought yes, it was. They did go on. Look, look, go back and look at the Saturday Night Live sketches. <laughs> I just don't recall. I bet you the pen, Bob Dole's pen, would have a Twitter account. It would now. <laughs> well, Bob Dole, I think like he would even go on Saturday Night Live himself and make fun of himself. I kind of wish he was president just because he was just such a funny character. Oh, like, he, he never was... moved at all. I am Bob Dole. Just his hand. <laughs> he just with the pen. His face never made an expression other than just like I'm old. I remember I wrote a, a paper in college about how Bob Dole lost his arm in whatever, the Korean War, whatever he was in, and he got it replaced with a demonic arm. And if the pen falls out of the hand, the arm will immediately kill. So he has to keep the pen in at all times. I think the I stole that. The pen is it. like the pacifier of the arm. Of the, of the arm. I think I stole that. Wasn't that from, uh, wasn't that from some horror movie? I'm trying to think of what movie it was. It was a horror movie where... It's basically the, the same idea. Demonic arm or the whole pen thing? No, the demonic arm. Oh, it's yeah. like someone got attached. I forgot the name of the movie, but same well, kind it's, of thing. I mean, it's in Evil Dead too, right? Yeah, his hand, same kind of thing. If he had a pen in the hand, it wouldn't have happened. There's another movie where some guy gets like a serial killer's heart, so he becomes a serial killer. Yeah, I don't know. You know who I'd love to see moderate the debates? Neil Hamburger. Neil Hamburger would be the best moderator. It'd actually be an entertaining thing to watch. Why don't they have someone like Gilbert Gottfried moder moderate the debates? Why does it have to be Candy Crowley? Be respectful, D. Dude, she looks like fucking Meatloaf. I think John Steele pointed that out. She does. She <laughs> looks like Meatloaf. Once again, I didn't watch them on TV, but I did hear that she's kind of fat. Well, well why not have someone entertaining? Why not have Bill Maher do it? I think it should be like the Lincoln-Douglas debates where there is no moderator. They just yell at each other and like, you, sir, do not care about the pores. And Mitt Romney's like, I do care about the pores. And they just argue and it goes on for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think Neil Hamburger would be a, a great moderator. I saw him the other night, actually, uh, a couple nights ago. It was his eating uh, like Burger King or something. No, no, no. I, I actually, I, I wonder what he looks like in public. It'd be great in my in my mind. I think it would be great if he just always wears that shitty tuxedo and his hair is just greased back, and that's just what he always wears. But you know, he probably just looks like I mean, a regular all, all dude. All jokes aside, you don't remember meeting him. We did, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we did. And he was out of character. That that was that night we met him at. Uh, he was Hemlock. he was in the process of combing all the grease out of his hair, and I was yeah. like, oh, you kind of just look like a normal dude and talk like a normal dude. It was kind of cool. Is that he played that uh, show? We I don't even think we made it. I think we made it for the end of the show, maybe or the. I don't even know if we caught the, the entire show, but we were with a guy who knew him, and then we just hung out afterwards. Just and he was—he wasn't. I believe the guy who took us to meet him, his name was Pusser. Brentley Pusser, <laughs> that's his name. He's a cab driver, and uh, he was a big fan of my old radio show. And I guess uh, Neil Hamburger used to be in a couple local San Francisco bands. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that, I think they played together. That's how they knew each other. But yeah, it was—it oh. was just funny to see him out of character, but. I would like to think now that he's be, become even more famous than he was back then. That was like, what, seven or eight years ago. Yeah, a long time. Um, I'd just like to think that he's always in character because that's what people I in L.A. Be. have to do.
Yeah, I, mean, I think it, it's, it's a good thing. I mean, why, why not? Plus, that look sort of now fits in with the whole, you know, the nerdy hipster movement. And what so grease, greasy, greasy hair, like you know, weird <laughs> cocktails face, under glasses, your arm, all that. You can actually get laid now. That's true. You know, he did, he did his five year anniversary show over at the uh, Satellite. I guess he he has a residency there where he performs at the last weekend of every uh, month. But this is his five year anniversary show, so there are a bunch of different comedians. Um, Brody Stevens, Tim Heidecker actually did a set. Rob Delaney, who is um, who's entertaining. But what's funny about it, it's, 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 I brought this, um, a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine went that had never seen Neil Hamburger before. And they're just like, and they, they'd never seen an alt comedy show before. And they were just like, I don't get why this is funny. Like they're, they're watching Tim Heidecker and Tim Heidecker's bumbling around like he had note cards, which is kind of what Neil Hamburger does, but kept knocking over the microphone. And there's another guy that did the exact same thing. He comes out. Knocked over the microphone stand like four or five times. It just acted like a shitty comedian. And so I, my friend was just – and people were laughing. Like people were laughing. It was – you know, people were very entertained. But my friend was just like – she's like, I don't get why this is funny. Am I just not getting something here? And, you know, she goes to like shows at the, the comedy store and stuff like that. And I'm right. like, well, it's, it's a – I was like, it's a I'm getting a little sick of it brand myself. of comedy. You know, well, are you sick of Neil Hamburger or are you sick of the imitators? I'm sick. I just don't think there needs to be 20, 30 comedians doing this, like, over and over and over again. And, I mean, aren't they all kind of doing, like, an Andy Kaufman thing where he would get up there and just read an entire book and Dude, people the Mighty were Mouse to tell theme. jokes, but he just kept going and reading the book for an hour? Yeah, I mean, I, it's what, what is it supposed then, to be? Avant garde comedy. You know, everybody's got to be. You got to be in on the joke to get it. Like, oh, well, oh, you don't realize that it's funny because it's not funny. You know, it, it's. I, I wonder about that. Like, if people are laughing because they feel they have to to look cool, like they have to. Like, well, I think there's a lot of that going on too. I mean, I think it's funny to an extent. I just think it's it's just being overdone now. Well, the the thing is, is like a lot of these guys. Like Tim Heidecker just told a bunch of like really just shitty, like stupid jokes. And this other dude did the same thing. I mean, his jokes just weren't funny, purposely not funny, which it made him even less funny. Neil Hamburger actually has some funny jokes. I mean, he well, was. They're more offensive, I guess. But, they're, he, but he, it's his funny. His delivery is really good where he's like, really loud Why? in your face. It's, it's a character, but he's doing this like whole character. He, he has the, you know, the outfit, he's got the, uh, the, the tone. I mean, he looks like a character. These guys, Tim Heidecker and the other dude, were just uh, like one dude just wore a Bill Cosby sweater, and he gets up there and just does a like a five minute set riffing on Bill Cosby and like Bill Con a white guy doing Bill Cosby's voice. It was terrible, but people were loving it. People thought it was hilarious. Well, because it's terrible. I, like I said, I get it. I'm not a square. I'm not like well, what people need to be is more like Gallagher. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like if you go to see Dave Attell or Louis C.K., like you're genuinely laughing because they're saying genuinely funny shit. And I just like the fact that Tim Heidecker and on Doug Pound or whatever his name is, you know, they get up there and they're kind of making fun of like, if you think Louis C.K. is funny, you're an asshole. Like, I'm going to I'm going to make fun of you making laughing at Louis C.K. OK, well, yeah, they, I get that. We are all assholes. Fine. But do you well, need to like keep doing that for five years in a row? Well, what they're trying to do is differentiate themselves from conventional comedy. It's we're alternative comedy. 
It's and it's it just I mean, falls didn't, flat. Didn't be, what, did, it wasn't that what Gallagher's label would have was would have been like back in the eighties. He's a prop comedian, prop but, yeah. alternative comic. Uh, but I mean, that's 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 the thing. They're they're saying that it's all comedy. And what what was funny about it? The guy, one of the bigger names on the bill. I I think he's a terrible comedian, but he's been around since the eighties. Have you ever heard of Andy Kindler? Yeah, Andy Kindler. But Andy Kindler is like a a, a, a conventional comedian, and he's playing the set. No one paid any attention to him. All the people there, all the indie hipster people at the satellite were just like talking. So you could hear, you could barely even hear him on stage. I, I felt so bad for the guy. And he, you know, was doing this whole thing like, okay, people, just keep talking. That's fine. Talk amongst yourselves. Don't even pay attention to me on stage. That's fine. You know, and if you're right, able- I'm going I'm to throw some names out there and you tell me if these guys are alt. What about uh, Emo Phillips? Would he have been an alt comic? Yeah, but he's. I'd say I'd put him in the category of Neil Hamburger. He's doing a character. What about um, Stephen Wright? Stephen Wright, I think he's actually almost more. He's just doing. He's doing just weird one-liners. I think he's almost more of a conventional comic. It's a very subdued tone, which would throw people off. S- like, same with Mitch Hedberg, though. Weird. You, you I guess s- I'm getting confused. Like weird, just weird, confused with the this whole alt movement. The alt thing is 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 what Tim Heidecker and Doug Pound do. It's just like, we're going up there to be a shitty comedian and make fun of comedy in itself. We're trying to be self-referential and just make fun of the convention of comedy. You know what I think? I think these guys are actors primarily. Exactly. That's what it is. And they're not really funny, inherently funny. Although Tim and Eric's awesome show is genuinely funny. And that's I a, that's a great show. At it. Yeah. But uh, I think they're primarily actors. So they're like, they really want to be doing a character and acting and showing off their acting craft of being this bumbling idiot rather than being an actual funny stand-up comedian. That's exactly what it is. It's, there's a difference between being an actor and being a comedian. I don't know. I think we skirt the line, Wackerly. What are, what are we? Are we podcasting? Are we actors? Are we characters? <laughs> I just think we're a couple of assholes. I don't even think we're particularly that funny. I think we are assholes. People seem to like it. They buy a lot of t-shirts. So Not enough, though. I'm hoping people will buy... My new book. I wrote a book, actually. Oh, the novelist. I wrote a book. <laughs> I recently wrote a book, people, and you have to buy my book because you have to read it. It's very important. It's going to influence and affect the way that you live. It comes out on November 5th, Guy Fox Day. I don't even... You know, when you say that, I just keep thinking, like, Guy Fox. Guy Fox what? Yeah, it's, it's, I think of a porno version of something, of yeah. a historical event, Guy Fawkes Day. Isn't Guy Fawkes Day the 5th of November? He just fucks a bunch of guys? On the 5th of November. Or he's the guy that fucks? Um, I don't know. There is, you know it, there's, it's just a coincidence that it falls on that day, because I didn't even know that Guy Fawkes Day was the 5th of November till this morning. But yes, on 11-5, November 5th, the world will change, because D. Simon's book, Play Something Dancy, will be released. It's going to be big, Wackerly. Okay. Well, if you get to be a novelist, can I? I, I'm gonna get to be an actor because I'm gonna pretend to be a morning show DJ interviewing you. Is that correct? Yes. So you know, this is kind of a uh, a, an engineered bit that I I came up with, but it's true. So so this book that I wrote is a self published book, and I I was talking to a friend of mine. He's an author in San Francisco. Really cool guy, actually. Scott Sigler. You should read some of his science fiction author. You probably would dig him. He's from Michigan. But he was telling yeah. me, he's like, you know, it's, it's a good idea to uh, self-publish now rather than try to go the old traditional route of, of pitching it to, like, an agent and then the agent goes to a publisher. Because publishers rip you off. 
Like if, if you're a first time author and you go to a publisher, they give you like something like 30% and 70% they take. And now they don't even do your marketing anymore. So you got to go out and do all the marketing yourself. What, why would you do that? I guess plus isn't plus isn't the publisher going to be much happier if you're like, look, I have this sub published book. It already sold three hundred thousand copies or whatever. Like, do you want to republish it under your like respectable imprint or or publish my next book? Like, I have a track record now. You're not just taking a chance on me. Well, hopefully that's what will happen. That's I mean that's what happened with the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey woman. Like she, I guess it was essentially fan fiction is what that book started out as. Uh huh. And then she self-published. You know, well, you got lots of, of fucking in this book, right? I mean, that seems to be the key. Well, that's the thing. It is all about fucking this book. Actually, so this book. <laughs> well, we we should get in anyway. So the book I put out, it's it's coming out November fifth. I got to go out and do all this marketing, so I have to go and I have to ask, I have to request interviews from morning show radio DJs, like real morning show radio DJs, like Lamont and Tonelli in San Francisco, like the badger and the porcupine dickhead in fucking Montana. Like th- those guys. Those what about guys. the captain in central Michigan? Arr. I have to like, so this dude was like, this is what you need to do. And he gave me this whole press release that I sent you. And it's got a description of the book. You have to give them questions that they that so they can ask you because they don't read your book they couldn't give a fuck about your book they, they probably all they want is this little one sheet that they can say this is what your book's about okay and here's some questions and then that's it because you get like you know 10 minutes maybe probably five minutes. all right so uh, you know mike the character i'll be doing will be the morning show dj um how much do you want me to turn up the cock <laughs> Well, I, I need usually cocks. Well, actually, I need the practice. This is practice because I haven't actually done it yet. I haven't done a morning show radio DJ interview about the book. So let, let's let's do this. You, get, you know, I'm going to set the cock dial to about a three. What state are you in? Like, what state of in the United States are you in? Are you a Florida um, DJ? How about Florida? Florida. Okay. All right. Um, are you going to be the manatee? <laughs> no, I'm just going <laughs> to. Let me just get going here. I'm Mickey the Manatee. <laughs> Stop interfering with my craft. All right, all right, Mr. all right. I, I, need, I genuinely need the practice, so you can ask. So this is going to be beneficial to the audience because now you'll learn about the Sibilance, book that I just Sibilance. wrote. Plosive. Pl- i got to do oh. my mouth warm-ups. Okay. I, I think you would be a good morning radio DJ, personally. Well, I'm acting as a morning show DJ, and it's luckier on Skype because when I act, I just spit all over everything. Yeah, I don't know if you if you've ever been to a play, the actors they just spit everywhere. Yeah, isn't that uh, was it the Meisner technique? <laughs> the Meisner. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm self-taught like uh, Eddie Van Halen. Okay, all right, I'm ready. The Wackerly in the Morning Crew here on W108 FM, the the Rock Blob people. <laughs> You're listening to me, Wackerly. Uh, Hey, kids, remember, Billy the Blob is going to be our mascot. He's going to be down at the county fair this weekend, so go, make sure you go check him out. Uh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Billy the Blob, he's going to be out there. So uh, today we got a little something special for you folks on your morning drive time. I got an author here. His name is uh, D. Simmon, I guess. He's uh, out of uh, based out of California, and uh, he wrote us a little book called Play Something Dancy. And uh, it's, it's, we're going to talk to D. So, uh, D, are you on the line here? It's it's D. Simon there, uh, uh, Wackerly. Mine Wack- says D. Simon, but okay, D. That's Simon. Uh, whatever D. you Simon. say, you're, you're the author. So, uh, hi. 
You got a little book called Play Something Dancy, and uh, yep. my first question is, who's this hot babe on the cover here? <laughs> She's really something. It, 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 it's funny that you asked about that. It's, it's a definitely a provocative eye-catching cover. It's a friend of mine, um, her Ryan Keeley. Uh, she's a penthouse pet, and she posed with a microphone in between her um, impressive uh, this is uh, This is family radio here, so yeah, yeah. keep I, it clean. I was, I was about to say the T word, but I'm going to say breast. She put a microphone between her massive breasts, her massive mammaries. And wow, it's, 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 she's a friend of yours. I'm a friend with benefits. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple. There are a couple benefits. Take advantage okay. of. But she's a beautiful girl, so it's, it's, I'm glad that she pointed that out. But it works with the uh, theme of the book. So I haven't read the book because, you know, I'm usually busy on the drive time. In the morning, I get up about 5 a.m., start the job, and then about noon, I get off, and then I head down to the bar because my life's a living hell. Totally understandable. <laughs> but it says here that the book's about your uh, experiences as a strip club DJ in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, so how did you get into that industry? Okay, well, uh, it's, you know, I'm going to make a long story long here. Um, no. So, uh, yeah, the, the book's about the, uh, for five years, I worked at uh, various strip clubs across the uh, city of San Francisco, and I wrote about just, uh, it's a book of short stories about some experiences I had there. So, I, when, when I, li- and it was like in the 2000s is when I got into uh, working as a strip club DJ, but I lived in San Francisco, and I had a dot-com job. Remember how big the dot-com thing was? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then it uh, big, it, big, big industry, the dot com. Very Drew big. Off the rents out there, something awful. <laughs> Certainly did, and then it it, it imploded, and uh, I was unemployed for about a year, and then I ran into oh, a buddy tough. of mine who managed a strip club, and uh, he uh, gave me a job as a hey, DJ. You're a very enterprising young man. More, more some more of the uh, you know unemployed deadbeats around here in Florida, uh, the uh, Tallahassee area should sort of take your advice and you know go retrain for something like a strip club DJ job. There's a lot of strip clubs over in Florida, whack man. Now this looks like a uh, sort of a sexy book and uh, I assume there's some sex in it cuz that's how you make one of these books sell, but uh how easy is it for a DJ to have sex with the strippers that that you work with there down at the the soul pole or whatever it was called. Bob's boob shack. Um, yeah, you know, it's, I, I write about that. There's a couple stories where I, um, write about some of the sex capades that I had. Um, a couple stories also involve some of the venereal disease. That was the con, the consequence of these sex capades. It's, oh. you know, that's the thing when you, when the strip club, a lot of people don't get this as a customer to strip club. It's rare that you get laid because you're, you're, looked at as a mark you know they look hey, at you don't as a, i know it as a punter they see you and they're like i'm just going to take your money unless you're dealing drugs if you're dealing drugs there and you're like the drug dealer that goes in there a lot well yeah you're going to get laid but uh, the way- family radio here oh, sorry, sorry about that i was just i was just, I was just giving the drug selling so much i was just giving some helpful hints drugs are bad okay um but if you uh, work at a strip club, you will get laid because you're in close quarters with these girls. Strippers are, strippers are a weird breed. Most of them can't maintain a regular relationship, probably because they've uh, been abused and they also um, are on drugs. So if you work with them, you, know, you gain their confidence. They get to know you, especially if you're a DJ. So when you're a DJ, you talk to them all the time. They're hanging out with you. You lend a sympathetic ear. You play them good music. They will hmm. definitely have sex with you. You will receive blowjobs. Down here blow in the jobs. morning crew, I'm a DJ, and uh, I don't get laid at all, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Maybe I should switch careers myself. How, how much money would, uh, did you make working as a strip club DJ? Is it very lucrative? That's the reason I worked there for uh, so long. Because in the beginning, 
you don't you do, you don't make that much money because you're working like day shifts and stuff like that. But then uh, as you as you get better, you get more experience. You get night shifts, and once you work night shifts, and like I've heard Vegas DJs make three grand a night. What about the morning crew? They make a lot of money. You know, I guess uh, I don't I don't know. You're in a big market though. Where, where are you? Uh, is it Miami, Whack Man? Uh, yeah, no, Tallahassee actually. Tallahassee. <laughs> w one oh eight. <laughs> Drive, drive, morning crew. You know, it's, very popular show down here. It, yeah, you know, and, and I'm, I give you kudos for that. It's, uh, I'm very impressed. That's what I've always wanted to do. Is I always wanted to be a radio DJ. And, yeah, uh, I, mean, I make about 15k a year on food stamps. <laughs> not great. Well, at least but, you're not but, unemployed. But, but not so much about me. Why, why is the book called Play Something Dancy? Why don't you tell me that? Okay. Well, the significance of the title. Um, so, so the, the, the book's called Play Something Dancy. There's a bunch of different stories in here. but the, the, All right, the, we're up against an ad, so keep it short. Okay, the title story is called Play Something Dancy. And the, the reason it's called that is, as a DJ, you got to get to uh, know the girls. Once you get to know the girls, you know what to pick the music out for them. Because, you know, I'm not an idiot. Uh, yeah, okay, my short-term memory isn't all, all that great. But I, I'd associate a song with a girl. Like, I'd remember what she liked. So every time she went up on stage, I'd play her the same Tupac song or the same... Uh, Nickelback song. It's like I knew what she liked to dance to, but the new girls, the new girls, they are problematic because the new girls you don't know them. And every strip club, they, they, strip, strippers are nomadic. They come and they go. So every strip club, you get these new girls every night, like at least five or six. And those are the girls you ask to come to the DJ booth and say, "Hey, what do you like to dance to?" Most of them just won't even come and, and tell you, but some do. And when they come up, I remember uh, it was all the time. This happened every single night, sometimes three or four times a night. You'd be like, hey, so what kind of music do you like? And they're just looking, texting. They're not even looking at you. And they're just texting away. And then you're like, well, what kind of music? And they're like, I don't know. Just play that one song. What song? You know that one by that guy? I'm like, well, what guy? What song? Is it hip-hop? Is it rap? Is it metal? Is it rock? And they're like, I don't know. You're the DJ. Just play something dancey. Oh. Which is just, what does that mean? What does that mean? So that's Hence so the vague. title of the book. So yeah, so I play a um, house song, and then like an hour later, they come up all drunk. That sucked. That wasn't dancey. And then they give you the finger. That, 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 that happened all the time. We expect upon reading this book to figure out the true meaning of the word dancey. You know, I don't know if it will ever happen. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm trying I, to get into a better market here. Maybe do the uh, you know nighttime dancey set on the radio, or I don't know. Uh, what, what, what do you consider dancey there, Wackerly? Well, I like uh, Tom Petty. You know, he's from the Tallahassee area. He's very dancey, in my opinion. See, I feel Cannibal American Corpse girl, is dancey. but I don't know if you can strip to it. I feel Cannibal can Corpse you? is dancey. It's, it's a purely subjective state, the state that of being dancey. not very dancey, Cannibal Corpse, but okay. <laughs> you know, I also write, uh, speaking of Cannibal Corpse, I also, there's a story in here called Run to the Hills, where I talk about how every strip club DJ has a cache of songs that he reserves for girls that don't tip. There's all these girls that don't tip, and we have our songs to fuck with them. I meant screw with them. So we have these songs that you screw with them when they're well, on we'll stage. We'll beat that out in post, yeah. post-production. We have to delay. So, uh, so one of my songs was, uh, I really like Iron Maiden. I love Iron Maiden. So you know, when a girl didn't tip, I'm not going to play her R. Kelly. She's not tipping me. I hate R. Kelly. I'm going to play Iron Maiden. I'm going to play Cannibal Corpse. I'm going to play Slayer or Motorhead. But there, there are certain times when you'd even go overboard to the point where I want to embarrass this girl on stage. That's when you break, break out. Like for me, it was like the Humpty Dance. 
That's you a good song. The Humpty Nanny. <laughs> All right. Well, we're up against a, an ad here for Mel's Tallahassee Chevrolet. Go down there and get yourself a Chevy Volt. Right, new on the lot, but uh, it was nice talking to you, Mr. D. Simon. Simon, sorry about Hey, that. get the book. Uh, get the book's available in digital form at Amazon.com, uh, Amazon.co.uk. It's at Barnes & Noble Nook. It's coming out November 5th. All Play right. something That's dancing. a lot of plug-in, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how was that? See later. There's a uh, big pileup on I-109, so uh, avoid that area. You might want to take the uh, Tallahassee Bridge over to I-273. Could, okay, could you do you a later. toilet flushing sound? I wish I had the slide whistle, <laughs> but it's way over there. Dude, the slide whistle is, is a, an asset for every morning DJ. You know, I'm doing, <clears throat> okay, exunt and bow. See. I was doing more of a free-form sort of um, acting where you're just there by yourself. You're just, just raw... Just me and the microphone. You know, you get you next the, time. I'll I'll get some props and a costume, and that's when I'll bring the slide whistle in. You had the voice down because I think people are going to like the Wackerly and the Drive Time Rock Blob character, and you might have to come back. You had the voice down, Pat. I got to say that. I mean, it sounded perfect. It kind of hurts though. I'm a little exhausted. Boo, now, so boo, boo. Be... You're on the morning show. I just wonder, like, you know, I don't know how hard it is to get on these, but it's like, you know, it's a book about strippers and sex and fucking and venereal disease. And I think like, I, even I don't have... think they're going to give you so much talking time. So no, you, I don't you think have so to, either. Like, snap it up, maybe get like two or three key points you want to wedge in because I don't, they're not going to give you as much latitude as I did. No, I think I think that's what they do. I think it, you're going to get like maybe 30 seconds to talk about. Right. So I got to like tighten it up a bit. I, I need plug to practice. It, plug it right away. Be just, like, well, you know, my book is coming out on Amazon, and here I go. You know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's sort of nerve wracking. I've never actually done this, but I, I don't even know how many will have me on. But it's, you know, it's an appealing subject matter. You know, I'm sure like these guys always want to know about. And not, not that many books are written from the perspective of the DJ. It's usually a stripper that writes these yeah. books. You know, it, you know, it's maybe, interesting. Maybe avoid the morning shows, and you know how some a lot of these radio stations have the nighttime sort of love line. Ooh, that's a good program. idea. You know, I'm gonna try the. Oh, I'm gonna try everything. I'm gonna try the morning shows. Yeah, There's some podcasts. There's some podcasts I'm gonna go on. People, if you have any uh, good ideas or suggestions about me promoting the book, or if you're a book publicity person, contact me. Signalpodcast.com. But the book will come out November 5th. I need everybody to buy it that day because what happens? You get everybody to buy it that day, then it boosts your Amazon like where you are on Amazon. So I'll I'll keep reminding. I will be a loud, obnoxious Jew about it. November 5th, buy yourself a copy of Play Something Dancing. And you got to have a Put tablet. Put it on your iPhone reminder f- uh, app. Yeah, iPhone reminder app. November 5th, Play Something Dancing. I'm also going to have a website. Uh, it's not done yet, but I'm going to get oh, that up there I soon. like websites. Websites. They're good. But yeah, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an accomplishment, Wackerly. Writing a book. I mean, I'm it's the worth the price now. just to get this picture of Ryan Keeley's tits. You can just jack off to that all day long. Yeah, she's got such a great rack. I mean, I was pretty stoked. It's funny too the way, um, real quick, because we got to move on here. But the, the way it happened is, I got this. Uh, there's this photographer. Remember the dude who we had on the show that was like he would squirt fake cum on girls. The porn production assistant. Yes, I do remember that, that dude has a friend who's a photographer, and uh, he like he was like, yeah, I'll do the pictures. I'll hook you up. So Ryan Keeler was like, yeah, I'll totally pose for you. That's fine. And so um, 
I go over there to go to, to go to his uh, studio, and it's just in a state of complete disarray. Like, he just moved there. There's, like, pizza boxes. There are, like, these two, like, Hessians. It's the worst state. We always talk about Florida being the worst state, but a state of disarray is the worst. Oh, it's the worst. There are these two Hessians just passed out on the ground in the living room, and I'm like... It's the you, state of disarray, of course, there's well, Hashid. Well, I thought that he said this was his studio, so I was expecting like a studio studio, but it's just, no, it's his dirty apartment. studio apartment. <laughs> and so I'm trying to tell, like, you know, I was like, oh, God, I got to tell Ryan Keeley about this because she's professional. She's a penthouse pet, you know? It's like, oh, God, she's going to come in here and be like, what the fuck is this? So I go out there, and he's with me, and like, we go out to go meet her at the parking lot. And she comes, she comes up here, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's uh, not the cleanest studio you've probably ever seen. I'm just trying to prepare you for that. And, he, and the guy's like, it's not that bad. I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. I was like, I'm just trying to prepare you for that. And she was like, you know, she was like, I've posed in basements in Tijuana. I don't care. And she was just like, so like, I really don't care. And as soon as she walked in there, she's like, takes her shirt off, tits out. She's like, all right, let's go. Like so That girl is so professional. She's rad. She's really cool. Ryan Keeley. She seems um, cool. I follow her on Twitter. She's interesting. She sort of. Every day posts a picture of herself naked in bed. I love, dude, I love her Twitter. I love her Twitter feed because it's all pictures of naked hot porn chicks. Did, she post, did you see that picture of her eating out that other girl? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? I call it. The thing is, I, so, so when I say naked in bed, she's like, it's as she's waking up in the morning. So as mm-hmm. I'm waking up in the morning, I just fire up her Twitter feed and like, oh, there's a naked lady, you know. There it's kind of like for me, it's my masturbation alarm clock because I'm working all day and then That's I'll what look I'm trying at to say, yeah. Yeah, I'll look at the Twitter and then I'll be like, Oh, Ryan Keeley naked. No, I'm gonna, I think I might just masturbate now, actually. <laughs> why, <laughs> not? why not? I work home. Yeah. But yeah, she looks hot on the cover. So people go buy it. November fifth, it's coming out. Play something dancy. D Simon's new book. Wackily, this is episode three uh, fifty two here, sick and wrong. Yep. Um just moving right along here. You know, next week we're going to be doing the Halloween show. I always love the Halloween show. I don't know why, if, if there's any... Do we do something special on the Halloween show? I don't remember. We, I, we just talk about sluts and costumes. I don't think we're even going to do anything special for it. I think it's just going to be the Halloween show. But um, anyway, next week will be the Halloween show. But this week is the week before Halloween show, which also doesn't really have any significance. But anyway. The pre-Halloween show. Yeah, the pre-Halloween yeah. show. This this is the time of year when it starts to get difficult with the show, right? Because all the holidays are coming up and the schedules get all Scheduling. fucked up. Scheduling. Schedules. Schedules, as they say in England. The schedules. I hate the way they say that. Schedules, yeah, you fucking too. line. Stop saying it. Um, people, uh, you know the way the show works. Just send us, send us your stories. Send us your sick and wrong stories. We present them here on the show. Two of the most disturbing news items of the week. If we read your story, you can claim a sick and wrong care package. But, but you got to claim it yourself. Sickerwrongpodcast.hotmail.com, Facebook, the Twitterverse. Just send us your stories. we got a couple good ones this week. Um, a little bit of a theme going on. I'll see if you can figure it out um, with this week. But before we get to our first stories for uh, episode, uh, before we get to the stories for episode 352, here's a word from our sponsor, audible.com. If you're illiterate or have Down syndrome, but you still want to read a book, why not go to audible.com and get an audiobook? Audible has over 75,000 titles to choose from, with more being added all the time. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. So the uh, first story we received here came in from Stinkhole. Stinkhole, who's a frequent submitter to uh, Sick and Wrong.
Um, this, this concerns the uh, police, Wackerly, the popo. When's the last time you got pulled over? Pulled over? Yeah, like when's the last time you get stopped while oh, driving? Oh, I was driving through Bakersfield for work. I was coming onto the highway and I just floored it and not, not even noticing there was like a cop right behind me. Did you get a ticket? Uh, yes. And I had to do the online traffic school to get the points taken off. So my insurance didn't go up and I had to have it notarized and it was a huge pain in the ass. Wow. that's nice. Did he make you get out of the car or were you in the no, car the whole time? He was time? actually quite nice. And I think I sort of told him I was, when you say you're driving for work, they're usually pretty, um, just cool about the whole thing, even though they give you a fucking ticket. You know, they aren't an asshole. And it, it, it also wasn't like three in the morning and you didn't reek of like schnapps. Right. Yes. You know? It was the middle of the day. I was totally sober. Yeah. Getting pulled over while drinking is horrible. And that, it's happened. And I got, I got pinched once. Yeah. You got it's also that. happened when you don't get pinched, when you kind of pull it off. And that's really bad, too. I, I don't even like, I, you know, when I go out now, because in L.A. you have to drive everywhere. I just only have like a couple beers because I don't even want to fuck with it. It makes me so, I'm such a shitty driver as is, drunk. <laughs> I'm awful. I'm like, just, I'm like, uh, I drive like an Asian everything woman. Everything they say about L.A. traffic is true. I mean, it's like the fucking apocalypse. Like, Everybody's making three lane changes simultaneously. Nobody's signaling. Everybody's on your ass and speeding and just, it's crazy. Well, even worse though, from the other side, like I was in, uh, last week I was in Venice, Venice beach area. And I never go over there, like way West side. Well, I I met some girl over there that lives there. That's that's a weird thing about dating in LA because I'm like, you know, in Hollywood and Venice, it's only 11 miles away, but that's like an hour and a half. Yeah, the drive you know through the traffic, but over there in like those beach towns, they have roadblocks. The cops set up roadblocks because there are so many drunk drivers that those beach people that live over there just probably just go get wasted at these bro bra bars, and then just get in their fucking Tahoes and just drive wasted. So there's roadblocks. It's a checkpoint. Checkpoint. You got to drive through it and talk to the cop, and they make sure you're not hammered. And and they they come up to your window and they flash a little flashlight in your face, and then you got to like just kind of be fine i only had like a couple of beers but i was still nervous about it but thankfully i wasn't in fucking milwaukee because milwaukee police officers were recently charged with brutal illegal strip searches after and milwaukee for people who are not from this country is the land of beer Oh God, that's where that's where our favorite beer comes from it's like i mean from 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 back before the sort of microbrew explosion. I mean, this is where all the beer came from. All the major gigantic beer corporations are based in Milwaukee. The baseball team is called the Brewers, for God's sake. You get, you get the. I have actually toured the MGD plant there. It was one of like the best moments of my life, actually. Schlitz <laughs> is from there. Like Budweiser, Adolphus Bush, Milwaukee's Budweiser best. corporations from there. Yeah, Milwaukee's best. Like every, uh, yeah, Anheuser. Basically, all these German dudes moved there in the 1800s and started making shitty beers that we all drink today. Oh God, it was great at the MGD. I felt like a kid in a candy store. It's like I'm like, this is where high life comes from. Oh my God, can I try some Willy Wonka there? (laughs) It was it was magical. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I won the golden ticket, the golden beer. But yeah, so in uh, Milwaukee, you don't want to drive drunk. Because you do not want to get pulled over by Officer Michael Vagnini. Vagnini? I kinda wanna, yeah, I kind of want to call him Vagnini. 
Um, so there are four Milwaukee police officers who illegally strip searched and sexually assaulted two, 10 men in the past two years. Not all at once, right? Over, over the course over the of the two years. years. Yeah. So there's a, there's a criminal complaint that was recently filed. 10 men identified only by their initials here told prosecutors that the officers searched them between uh, February 2010 and February 2012. Their stories are strikingly similar. This is one of my biggest fears. This would suck. Not only are you getting pulled over because you've been drinking, but then this happens. The men allege that Officer Michael Vagnini stopped them, placed his hand down their pants, and probed their anus, and then shifted their genitals, saying he was looking for drugs. Well, what? that's where people hide their drugs. <laughs> Genital shifting. So one of the worst things you could ever have. The only people that are allowed to do that are Catholic priests. I'd be like Scoutmasters. This is not your fucking six speed Miata down there. Take it easy. <laughs> it's a bad lieutenant, this guy. Maybe he's an alien. I thought only aliens do probes. Oh, and your brother. And my brother. <laughs> this would be my brother's like dream. This is like my brother's fantasy right here. Getting pulled over by a big strapping cop. And he's like, You got drugs? And my brother's like, Yeah. Find them. Find them. <laughs> I thought your brother was going to be the cop in that situation, but you flipped you flipped it up on me. Yeah, maybe my, maybe my brother would be a cop. Thank God, could you imagine my brother as a cop? I'd be like, well, why is the cop wearing a leather vest and no shirt? <laughs> <laughs> this is frightening. You just know you're fucked as soon as Jeff just walks up, got out, his, his nipple fucking rings nipples pierced. Glint, glistening in the sun or in the streetlights if it's at night. I could just see him like, you could just feel your stomach sink. He's like, son, step out of the vehicle. Like, and then he starts putting on his gloves because they'd retract into my body. <laughs> <laughs> so Vegnini here has been charged with 25 counts, including conducting an illegal strip search, misconduct in office, sexual assault, and conducting an illegal body cavity search. Uh, the other three officers as accomplices were also charged. So, um, some of the victims testify, and they're kind of explicit in the story, which is helpful for the uh, for the show because we like to get all the details out here. We like yeah, to suss like out how all the deep facts. Did the finger go and that sort of thing? Yeah. So uh, one of the victims here testified under oath that the officers stopped him in July, two thousand eleven. Vajnini pinched his anus, causing him to yell out, "Man, what are you doing? Don't touch me like that!" Vajnini replied with words to the effect of, "Be a man." And give it up. (laughs) (laughs) My ass? My asshole? I just wonder, like, listen to this. I'm going to go on here before I I start commentating. Vagini is accused of taking the same man to a room in the district police station, throwing a box on the floor, and told him if he defecated once in the box, he would let him go. Could you do that? Can, Can you shit on command? No, of course not. I need this fortress of solitude and a magazine and a clean porcelain bowl. You could just shit in a shoebox? No. <laughs> what I don't get is the man tried to comply. That's what investigators said in the complaint. But he just couldn't do it. And so he was released with a ticket for driving with a suspended license. So if you got pulled over for a suspended license and the cop was like, you're, you're getting taken in. And then he throws a shoebox on the ground and was like... I want to watch you defecate in the shoebox. Wouldn't you be like, are you out of your fucking mind? Just give me the ticket. <laughs> Aren't I supposed to get a lawyer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, don't I get a phone call here before I'm yeah. forced, forced to shit in a box? 
You were, is this some sort of like a weird website? Is there a webcam in here? Or what? <laughs> and his off his fellow officers um, were in the room. His partners here, but they they did nothing to stop the proceedings, and they also didn't report Vagnini to a supervisor. Do you think his partners supported this this invasive technique here, or do you Implicitly, think they feared they finger in the butt themselves? They like it, you think? Well, I, I wonder if they just supported him because he's their superior, or if they actually feared, you know, a finger in the butt reprisal. Because oh. I, I would be worried about that, too. If I had, like, a bully coworker, and he was, you know, I knew that he liked to stick his fingers in men's assholes. And if I, like, you know, went and reported him and he found out, and, you know, like, cops have, like, a locker room. Next thing you Dude, know, you're... That's what I was going to say. They're, they're afraid they're going to be in the locker room at the end of some shift and... Nobody else is going to be in there. The lights are going to go dim, and he'll just come around the corner with his index finger out. <laughs> just, You're next, motherfucker. He's just going to say, be a man, give it up. Uh, yeah, I think I would live in fear, too. I don't want to be a man. <laughs> I'm a little so boy. A, a similar scenario took place uh, a couple months later. Vagnini took a man. He stopped to a room in the same police station after saying, I got to see what he's got going on in his butt. So and, uh, this is not about drugs at all. He just really likes men's assholes. He allegedly inserted his finger into the man's anus, and the man called out, This ain't right. Call my attorney. Vagnini then told the man... <laughs> I kind of imagine that in a Fred Sanford voice. <laughs> this ain't right. Call my attorney. Vagnini then told the man to get the drugs out on his own, gave him a garbage bag, and had the man push the drugs out and place them in the can. Wait a minute, the dude did have drugs in his asshole? They didn't specify what type of drugs, but yes, he did have drugs in his asshole. Well, apparently this method isn't so bad after all. It's effective. I think uh, Vagnini has a sixth sense for dudes hiding drugs in their asshole. Maybe He's kind of like E.T. Yeah. That magic finger. (laughs) Think it lights up in there? Well, it's got a camera on the end. Could you imagine? I can't think of anything more sobering. Than standing there shitting your drugs out into a trash can in front of four police officers. You know they're making that new RoboCop movie. They should equip the new RoboCop with a finger cam. <laughs> a finger probe. Yeah, finger cam just to stick up there and be like, okay, I see crack. Halt, want- criminal. Drop your drawers. I need to check for drugs. Do you think they stick it pretty far up there? I would just go to the knuckle. What are you going to just... <laughs> Once you're in there, you got to go for the gold. Um, another victim testified this is the last one here Vagnini saw him coming out of his aunt's house he cuffed him and then believe it or not searched his anus finger in the butt when the man tried to pull away Vagnini put him in a chokehold and his two officers held the arm and one pressed a gun to his head then the guy just bent over and was just like just search you know go right ahead and he (laughs) he he willfully let them search his anus Uh, didn't find drugs Actually, in this in this case, um, the uh, the chief of the police department said he's appalled by the willful inaction of the officers in the police department and failing to stop this egregious conduct. There's no justification for this. There's no justification for finger in the anus. There is, though. The one guy had drugs in his butthole. It's due process, Wackerly. Due process in this country. The only people you that get finger. You could take him to Taco Bell and just put him in a room and just, you know, with no toilet and wait. The only the only people that are allowed to uh, have these illegal finger in the butt searches are in Guantanamo. That's the only place where it's condoned. 
It's extra legal. Yeah, it's extra legal there. I'm I'm shocked by this. I, the, the, now it's like not only do you fear getting pulled over and having your life ruined by getting a drunk driving ticket and having to deal with all that. One other fear is maybe you got an asshole cop that's going to shove his finger or his police baton up your asshole. God. Well, the, the old baton thing is different. That was the Almadou Diallo thing. Yeah, but that happens. That happens in it like a, You know, that's the thing with these cops. It's like... A, I've always considered cops to be of two camps. There's like the guys that partied so much in, in high school that kind of just like become like, they're like bullies. They just become cops. And then there's like the Dudley Do-Rights, you right. know, that other kind of just like, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm a virtuous moral person and I need to enforce so which, the law. Which one of those characters are the ones that are obsessed with buttholes? I think it's the, uh, the, the guys that partied. Like, those are the same dudes when you'd pass out, they would fucking shove something in your asshole, like a beer bottle or something. Like, you know, this guy, Vagnini, in high school, was probably a popular dude, probably played football, probably was a jock, partied. And yeah, I'm sure there were many, there were many fingers placed in rectums to pass out dudes at parties. I just want to be a cop, like, in my hometown, where you just don't have to do anything because there's no crime. Oh, yeah, like in Midland? Midland, yeah, Michigan? Once, like once a in a while, town, like, a couple of Heshers get into a fight, you break it up throw them in the can but like there's no murders there's no bank robberies or anything like that you never know it's a very it could be. easy life have you seen the movie fargo Wackerly? yeah my hometown <laughs> is smaller than fargo so the, the only thing like this is what you get an apb for in uh in in uh, midland michigan kids are having a party in the woods they go out there and then they dump their beer out in front of them right that's that's, that's a night that's the highlight of the cops night. And that that's only Friday and Saturday. Like during the week it's like uh uh we got a five oh seven uh cow in the road. Uh could you go take care of that? <laughs> and you just go and you push the cow back into the field. You know what they probably get a lot of now is uh there's a meth like a meth meth lab going on here. That could be like in a trailer I been park. back there for a while, but uh it seems real it seems very good job for somebody like me who's extremely lazy. <laughs> and then you get a pension and then you get a pension you retire and you get a pension for the rest of your life and you just sit around on the lake fishing and you and you and pretty much all day you just drive around go from fast food eat restaurant some, to donuts, fast food restaurant coffee. eat some donuts and you know everybody in town so you get free donuts and free food right you get a nice uniform to wear you don't even have to worry about put color coordinating because it's always a uniform that actually sounds like a good job very pleasant <laughs> So what do, you have, what, what do you have here for the uh, second story for episode 352? Crime. Crime. More crime. Uh, according to this article and court documents... This guy, Jesse Miller, who's, uh, I don't know how old he is, but he seems like a young man, maybe like in his 20s, he uh, smoked the synthetic chemicals known as spice. Spice. Is spice the fake weed, or is that something else? Isn't this what uh, Big Papa Smurf was telling us about last week, or two he weeks ago? He told us it's like weed, but you're just not supposed to smoke so much of it. Because it makes you insane. Yeah, it's like synthetic what marijuana. what this guy did. He smoked too much of it, I think. Surprise, surprise. He uh, he smoked a lot of it, and he says that it caused his soul to leave his body while he went to hell, which I assume he means his soul went to left his body and his body went to hell. And what do you do when your body is in hell? 
while well, you're smoking the spice. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, your body's just a vessel, so you're probably just kind of crashed out. Meanwhile, you're your in hell. soul is cruising around. Apparently not. Your soul's cruising around, just having a great good time in heaven. I don't know towards heaven, and your body goes on to beat the up your daughter, your one year old daughter. Whoa! So he called nine one one. He's had the presence of mind even while high of, high out of it on spice. He called 911 and said, I just beat up my daughter. Police went over to his house, but uh, before the police got there, the baby's mother came back because he'd also called her at work. I'm sure she supports the family while he does nothing but sit around smoking spice. He's supposed to be a stay-at-home dad watching the one-year-old daughter, but he's just smoking the spice, getting fucked up, and beating the shit out of his daughter. And playing Xbox, probably. That's about it. So he, she came home before the cops got him and uh, got there and picked up the baby and the guy, Jesse Miller, and took them to the hospital. At the hospital, the guy told the nurse, as he told the 911 operator, I know I just beat the shit out of my baby. <laughs> yeah, well, could you imagine that? It's like you're in there you're like, oh, my God, what happened to this child? It's, you know, it's, it's got blood. It's got, it's got lacerations to its face and bruised. And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. I got high and beat the shit out of my kid. And he's still high at that moment. So he's all <laughs> jittery and looking around like a dipshit. Or like, and he's freaking you out. Working at a hospital, like this type of hospital as a nurse, is a job that I don't want. Well, you know what? I don't understand. Why didn't the wife say, okay, I'm going to go in the other room, call 911, have him arrested, and then she goes to the hospital with the kid? We, I think when your kid, your one-year-old, has bruises on her face, dried blood on her nose, swollen lips, and is soaking wet, you're not, like, hanging around to, like, make plans. You're just pretty much going right to the hospital without thinking. How did it get wet? Did he pee on it? Did he urinate on the kid? <laughs> he was smoking spice in the bathroom while he left the baby in front of a TV. Spice is a hell of a drug. <laughs> I hope she wasn't watching the Spice channel. <laughs> But after he was done smoking, he sat down on the catch, uh, couch with the baby and went, quote, out of it. <laughs> like that's when his soul left his body, apparently. When he Astrally came to, projected. he noticed that the baby was screaming and bleeding from the mouth. The kid probably wet itself. Okay, all right. The baby's mother told police that Miller called her while she was at work and informed her that he'd just smoked spice and beat up their daughter. So hey, honey, <laughs> could you get some bread? On your way home, and peanut butter, oh yeah, and I'm really high, and I beat the shit out of our kid. You know, but that implies that this has happened before. Like, I mean, it just sounds like he calls her up, and he's like, uh, guess what I did again? Smoke some spice. She's like, you didn't beat the shit out of, what's the kid's name? <laughs> I don't say. I don't know. You didn't beat Let's the shit out of our, our baby Jessica. His you didn't beat the shit out of baby Jessica again, did you? And he's like, yeah, sorry. I just got so high. I doubt that. I don't think the mother would leave her with the kid, with the guy, if he'd be. But I bet you he has smoked spice while she's been at work before. You know, I wonder with spice because spice is synthetic marijuana. Do you think you go to the head shop and you say, "So, what kind of spice do you have?" And they have like six different kinds, seven different kinds. So, like, well, what does that do? Well, that one just makes you really hungry and kind of high. Well, what does that one do? Well, that one makes you, um, you know, understand Proust. And what does that one do? I still, I still want the one that lets you like bend time and space yeah. and travel across the universe. Well, I bet you what is that one? He's like, oh, that one right there will make you go out of your body straight to hell and beat the shit out of your baby. And that's he's like, what, that's for me. You know, I'm going to try that one no, today. I think it's all the same stuff because Big Papa Smurf said, 
Like, it's not that bad. It's just that people are idiotic and they smoke too much of it. So I think what happens is it's fine. He just smoke a little bit, two puffs. But if you smoke like a bunch, then you go crazy. So he used it in excess and freaked out and beat up his kid. I wonder what he thought his one-year-old baby was while he was beating it. It says that he was just out of it and he came to and she was beat to fuck. And then he realized. Hmm. So I don't know. He might not have been thinking anything. I bet you if it, if it was me and I was really, really tripping and it looked like E.T., I would hit it. I fucking hate I e. fucking hate E.T. And babies probably do look like E.T. if you're really high. I've never tripped around an infant. I would never want to. No, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want to because <laughs> of some... you and I are responsible adults and why the police department is going to hire me. <laughs> well, because of a situation like that, like I would hate to be out of my mind on hallucinogenic drugs and we're tripping and my friend's just like, picks up his baby and is like, here, hold my baby. I just wouldn't want to draw. I, I don't know. It just, uh, there, there are too many. And then they, it shits itself. Oh God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine tripping and trying to change a diaper? It's such a horrible scenario. I hate tripping and having to take a shit myself. I mean, that's enough of a traumatizing experience. Would you have offspring? You should not be doing drugs. Okay, people, if, you, if you're going to take one life lesson here from sick and wrong, when you have offspring, don't do drugs around them. Well, you can smoke some weed. Yeah, but that, I don't really think them. you should well, do that. Well, define around them, I guess. Okay, baby on your lap smoking a, and you're smoking no. a joint. That's not no. a good thing. <laughs> but if the kid has a babysitter and you're going out to see a movie with your wife, date night, you know, they'll do that date night. That's fine, but you, put, you, you put an adult. Some, a little bit of weed. You put an adult in charge of your kid, you know? Right. Yeah. Be responsible. And get a fucking job, you dickhead. <laughs> All these dudes just sitting around their house. Oh, economy's bad. Can't find work. While your wife is, like, working at the fashion bug and at the jack-in-the-box pulling double shifts. Fuck off. Didn't you say a couple weeks ago that that's your dream job is to be a uh, house husband? That's true. <laughs> but I'd be, I'd, be taking, I'd be taking the kids to the zoo. I'd be doing the laundry, making dinner. I'd be a good house husband. I wouldn't be this guy. I would be smoking the productive spice. The productive strain. That makes me a good That's father. Called it's called meth. And I would, <laughs> it's just smoking speed all day long. Honey, I scrubbed the roof. I bet your kids actually would probably love that. Cleaned out the that. gutters and uh, rewired the hammock. Don't you think children would love that? Oh, my dad's so energetic and fun. We do so hey, all kids. so many creatures. <laughs> Look, I made some puppets and made this puppet theater. Let's do some crafts. Let's clean the house. Let's go on the slide. Yeah. Water park. <laughs> Again. That's it. I, I don't have any more to do. She's uh, in intensive care and in critical condition. Wow. What an asshole. What an asshole. I hope she gets a Truly. divorce, this woman. These drug addicts. What, what's going on? I don't know. Society will never learn. I don't know. People, send your stories. Sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com. You can submit them via Facebook or the Twitters as well. Uh, well, actually, we got a few phone calls here. The Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846 is the number. We also have an, a couple emails I, I really want to try to get to, so I'm only going to do a couple phone calls here. Uh, before we get to that, here's a word from our beloved sponsor, adamandeve.com. You know, Adam and Eve has, like, Halloween-themed dildos. So, um, really? I think so. I don't know. I haven't checked, but I bet Do you they have, like, a big candy corn-shaped thing that you can shove in your asshole? I would bet dollars to donuts that they do, and I'm sure they have, like, a ghost... You know, vibrator or something. So Casper. Yeah, like do something sexy this Halloween. Go to go to AdamandEve.com. Let, let, let's roll this thing though. It's butt plug month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom, and by something new, 
I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So yes, Wacker, we did get some phone calls here, the Sick and Wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. You know, people, next week is our spooktacular Halloween show. Do not ever say that again. <laughs> it's it's spooktacular. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm not saying spook isn't scary. I'm saying spook in the derogatory term. Um, <laughs> okay, that's, that's fine then. But yeah, I want to do uh, thought experience next week, but I want them Halloween themed. So call us up with your Halloweenus themed thought experiments. Two zero six 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 three eight four six. So this week we're gonna do just like if you're a ghost and you're Jewish, <laughs> do you like fuck through a hole in the sheet through the hole in the sh- your sheet? <laughs> I don't know. I made that up on the spot. Do you think right? hell for a Jewish ghost is that uh, you're just basically on a sidewalk and you see a quarter on the ground and you keep trying to pick it up and it goes through it your hands work. over and over again? Do <laughs> you think? Yeah. There's God. a name. What's the Jewish ghost? Is called like a dibuk? A dibuk. Yeah. Dibuk. It's, it's a yeah. Jewish uh, spirit. It's a demon, a Jewish demon. Anyway, oh, okay. let's get let's get to these calls here, Wackerly. Uh, so this, so you know, we were talking about spice earlier. Uh, we have a professor who actually called in and explained to us what spice really is. Was this I, Professor Drugonaut? No, I think he's like uh, from Yale, actually. Oh, he's a real he, professor. Yeah. Shit, a Yale person is listening to our show? Good God. Yeah, well, you know, we have, uh, we have fans from all walks of life. <laughs> Retract that dude's tenure now. <laughs> I think he does. I think he's a tenured professor at Yale. Hey, Lance. Oh. Andy. Listen, don't encourage people to smoke spice that shit it's basically just like uh like yard clippings that they spray on a chemical and at at first it was very similar but then they banned that molecule so then they (laughs) so now he gets really specific so people that don't know science or chemistry you might have some difficulty following him but he's he's talking about molecules of spice I mean, you're implying that somebody that sounds like this can't go to Yale. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know he's not a Yale professor? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, he is. All right. Go and, you know, change a little thing here or there. Switch a little thing, you know, take a hydroxyl group off or, you know, add a nitrile group. They they pull an amine to another side or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not following this. You're, you, Wackley, I, you I don't a, know what he's saying. You have a scientific that's background, why he's though. He's a scientist. But you took chemistry in college. I never did. What, what, what is this? Actually, <laughs> I took chemistry in high school and then passed out of the college requirement. Oh, and so, that's why I don't remember any of it because it's so, too long ago. But are these like chemicals, this nitrile and the um, hydroxyl a, group? Hydroxyl group. Pull that off of there. <laughs> stick this one under there. I'm sure we have some listeners who probably are taking high school chemistry right now, and they probably understand this a bit more than, than I do. Yeah, than don't do. kids don't make drugs in the high school laboratory. You'll just get in trouble. But well, you'll probably um, have a really good time. Or unless you might you're, also die. Or unless you're a professor. If your professor is teaching you how to do it, then you could like this guy probably could do it. Each 
time, I'm kind of trying to do big Papa Smurf here, but that ain't going to work. Uh, I'm a chemist, by the way. Each time they do it, basically, each time they uh, make a make a formula for it, the DA will go and say, hey, this is uh, an adulterant, uh, uh, this is a, uh, you know, intoxicating substance or whatever. And so they'll ban that molecule. Now these, there's like Peruvian dudes in a lab. Who knows how educated they are or whatever. But so what they'll do is just take a notch out that molecule or, or replace a little piece on the end of it with something else. And it's not that molecule anymore. It still kind of fits into the same receptors in your brain. But each time you do that, it gets worse and worse and more and more dangerous. So uh, what you need to do is suggest that they just do what do what nature made. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about it. You're doing more damage by smoking legal chemicals sprayed on yard clippings than you would you know, far more damage to yourself than you would if you just took the risk and, you know, go the, buy the real thing. All right, brother man. Later. <laughs> what is? I don't really know. What is the real thing? Weed? I think he's saying just go get marijuana. Oh, you know, or or natural something. Psilocybin. Go do mushrooms. You know, it's natural. He's saying the these chemically enhanced drugs is what's making people go insane. Which you know, he has a point there. I agree. I mean, I'm a drug legalization guy myself. So, I mean, but, he has uh, a point. It's like I've I, always I, I, I like synthetic drugs. <laughs> you know. It's interesting to me, though, because it's like, you know, we, we put all this stuff in our bodies, like ecstasy. You have no idea what's in that. No. You know, and it's like, it, yet you do it because it's fun. But they, they, that's the thing. I think these people, like, uh, put spice in the same category. It's like you're an experiment. But people, it's like, you know, you got to know the repercussions of your actions. You never do, though, with drugs. That's the problem. Yeah. It's always a wild-ass ride, and where it's going to go, nobody knows. I think it's part Might of the fun. Baby. I think it's part of the fun. But, I, but I'm saying, being that there's been so many stories, just a, a rash of stories in the news about all these people freaking out and beating up children on spice or eating people's faces off on this synthetic marijuana or bath salts, maybe steer clear of those, you know? Maybe just Seems not like do those. a dirty, those. dirty thing to me. Yeah, just like bath salts and meth and just these like weed how many times do you ever read a story like oh this dude was so high on marijuana that he beat the shit out of his grandmother it doesn't usually happen that sometimes way. The, sometimes the news tries to imply that but you know you know it's not true and oh he's smoked weed you know maybe if he was wasted you know it's the like best description do... of, of being high is steve martin's that you just get really small you get and small. I, I don't understand why people like it but some people like to be small some people do. I don't know. But I don't think spice makes you small. Spice makes you insane. So thank you, Professor, for uh, pointing that out and uh, teaching us about science. On I, like it when, I like it when the DEA comes out and goes, hey, <laughs> don't use that chemical. Hey, that molecule is dangerous. I like the Peruvian chemists that take the notch out of the molecules. Because those Peruvians... They, they, use they, the, they use the uh, ancient Incan tribal molecule <laughs> blade. They just notch it. So uh, the, this next call here is a good seasonal call. Because, you know, right now, people are decorating their house. Like, how many houses on your block, Wackerly, have, like, Halloween decorations? Oh, good God. It's just a big deal in Alameda. Everybody goes all out. 
Some of them are actually kind of cool. Some of them are nice attempt. <laughs> and then some of them are just like, why? Why? You know, the, you know the people that decorate for every holiday? Yeah. You know, they put up their Valentine's Day house decorations, and then they put up their Thanksgiving decorations, and they put up their St. Patrick's decorations, and I just feel so bad for them. It's such a weird existence. Well, it just seems like you have, like, such a deficit of uh, things going on in your life. Like, there's just a dearth of things that you should... Uh, That's exactly what's going... I mean, they're all invariably old. Yeah, I know. It's just like, you really have nothing better to do. Like, I, I just... I mean, just Why go right... Why should I begrudge them that? I know, but I mean, you think of Unabomber. At least that guy had a hobby. You know, writing his manifestos, sending mail out mail bombs. bombs. Yeah. You know, it's like, these guys, what are they doing? Their hobby is decorating their fucking house. Maybe what is it's it better doing? for everyone that they just keep self-serving? Like you're you're basically showing, oh, my holiday spirit's bigger than your holiday spirit. I think the worst time is Christmas. Do you like? I mean, how many are you going to be the one well, house as on a your Jew, block? You're just bitters. Yeah, I am bitter towards Christmas. But are you going to be the one? That's what, that's what I noticed when I was a kid. Our house was the one dark house because every other house had Christmas lights, and then you just knew the Jew because the Jew had that dark house. And it's like that's why these rumors start. That's why they're like, oh, those people have horns, you know, because look at their dark house that has no mm-hmm. Christmas lights. There's no Christmas spirit. Fuck it. You're going to be the dark house. <laughs> you know? Maybe. I, I kind of like the Chris. I don't, I'm usually too lazy to put them up, but I do like to get all jacked up on, you know, uh, eggnog and, and you know you're all drunk and looking at the lights that's kind of fun i think that's what happened with this guy here he's like he was hitting the nog a bit early and he started hanging lights and i'll well, see what happens hey daniel tim here from wisconsin long time listener first or second time caller because he fags didn't you know play my first call anyway this morning in milwaukee Public worker was stringing up some gas lights for Christmas already. Milwaukee transit bus came through. You, wait a minute. Have you sat on this call since last year, or are they already putting up Christmas lights in October? No, this call just came in yesterday. They're, no, they're oh already hanging up Christmas lights in Milwaukee. Isn't that fucked? I guess they do that. Really they fucked. do it early on the streets, though. But I mean, but you'd think you'd wait till November at least. Thanksgiving is the official day to put up Christmas decorations. I know. So now these people in Milwaukee, it's you know, really what it is, is they're taunting Jews and non, they're, they're taunting non-Christians is what they're doing. By like flaunt, well, they like flaunting this stuff, pushing it in our faces that we have to like look at. Like atheists. As an atheist, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck this holiday cheer. I don't know. Well, that's another one of my pet peeves. You know what? Shut the fuck up, atheists. Like... The reason I'm an atheist is so I don't have to care. And not caring means not getting angry about it also. I, I, just, I just think it just, you know, you're, it's offensive. It's offensive to other people that don't share your beliefs with that little fucking Jesus in your manger. I don't want to look the at that. The food is amazing, though. I do get lo- in on that food. I do love eggnog. I don't know. The tofurkey. Um, everybody's <laughs> on the tofurkey with the cranberry for you. Yeah, ah, fuck it. Um, so here, wait, let's continue here. Line got caught on it. Dude's leg got cut off with a wire. The same holiday and festive lights that he was springing up for good cheer. Wound up fucking his day up. Thought it was funny. Thought I'd let you know. Might want to know. Anyway. It's day. You know. It sounds like his life. <laughs> it sounds like it totally just completely destroyed this man's life. He's now. This is like, uh, didn't we do the story where you, you know, the best way to commit suicide is you t- tie a bunch of wires around all your limbs and you jump off the bridge so they like all your 
they hang like doll go parts flying in five different directions and they're hanging because they you t- attach them to wires so it's like you're yeah you're just basically just eviscerated and your your appendages just hang off the bridge it's very spectacular way to go spooktacular is spectacular <laughs> spectacular <laughs> but you know th- this guy god could you imagine it's like transit bus gets caught in it he had his leg severed you know, they're, they're always accidents. I do actually kind of enjoy that, is the people that have their accidents hanging up their Christmas lights. Because you imagine that that's the way you became paralyzed? That's like riding the tilt-a-whirl and having the tilt-a-whirl car just go off the tracks and then you're paralyzed. You got to tell people, yeah, you know, I was at the carnival and uh, they didn't build the ride properly and that's why I can't walk or have you're sex. Free corn dogs for life, though. That's yeah. And so this, guy, this guy's got to be like, well, I was hanging Christmas lights and next thing you know... They severed my leg. Although he's probably going to have a uh, workman's comp for life. From Never the city. have to work again. Plus, I mean, this dude with no legs is like running in the Olympics now. Having your legs cut off isn't what it used to be. Yeah, Not that's that true. Bad. That's true. It could be Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> get them. Get yeah. That that guy's creepy too. That whole like. That. <laughs> Although I wouldn't. If my leg gets cut off. I'm never exercising another day of my life. Fuck no. I would get a peg. I would get, I a, get peg a peg leg. and a hover around. Yeah, I get a peg and an amigo. Just become and just massively fat and just be that angry guy, that bitter guy, just the Grinch of Milwaukee. And I, I would just use all my workman's comp and disability pay, and I would just go to the strip club every day. Be like, I know I'm disgusting, and here's some money, and sit on my face. I would, you know what I would say? I'd be like, you know what? This is deficiency in your character because you don't want to fuck me because of my leg. Do oh, you I'd see be, my leg? I'd be very adamant and just like, yeah, whatever you call that. I, I would just self righteous. <laughs> it's my leg. That's why you don't want to have sex with me. I know. And then I'd start crying. And everybody would be like, actually, it's your breath and your body odor and your just general demeanor are all awful. You look like Jabba the Hutt in a wheelchair. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'd, I'd, I'd just, I would have like a stripper that I paid to just be on a chain in that Princess Leia outfit. <laughs> Great. Yeah, because you're getting all that money from the city. And I'd yeah. be drinking a lifetime supply of MGD because you know they'd give it to you because they'd feel bad. And Nog. And Nog for the holidays. Well, at first they would love you. The city would love you because they'd be like, you know, he was trying to decorate the city and it's a tragedy. But then afterwards I would make them hate me. I would become would be my life's purpose. Yeah, I know. Like within like two years of after living off of their taxes and they paying for me to live and they just know that I'm, once I come around, they're like, oh, God, let's cross the street. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you got to keep paying me. Um, this next call is actually has to go along with the theme of marijuana here. It's a stoner quandary because occasionally there are quandaries that occur when you smoke. So marijuana. my two cents. Uh, I don't know. You'd be the my judge two of bongs. that. You be the judge of that. Maybe it's my two bongs. <laughs> Dumbass. Hey, strong and lick. Or sick and... Sl- you get the idea. Man. Keep on smiling there, dude. All right. Try I'm hard. calling a podcast to further damage this rust as ego. This dude, here passing the joint, sitting there, and he's like... Hey, man, I want to do a shotgun. And he had no idea what a shotgun was. And what he did was he stuck the joint in his nose and sucked. No, I didn't smoke on it again. And as you can tell, I was 
So, sucked it up his nose. And a big wad of, like, wet, rest up bud just, like, shot up his nose. And he's been in the bathroom blowing his nose for, like, ten minutes now. Shit's funny. He's a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets good. Good weed. Yeah. So, in conclusion, someone wants to stick a joint up their nose? Let him. Peace. Well, we had the call from the <laughs> Yale professor, and this guy's apparently some type of a big-time lawyer. He's a stoner professor. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, that's the end of my call. <laughs> Let me preve- present Exhibit A. In conclusion. <laughs> See, that kind of shit makes me remember why it was fun to smoke weed. Because well, you get really high and your friend does something dumb and then you just laugh at them for like 20 minutes. I was the classic guy where we get really high and I would convince someone to do that. Like I would tell somebody, especially somebody who had little experience smoking marijuana, and be like, oh, dude, you will get exponentially higher if you smoke it through your nose. Like uh-huh. just, just try it, dude. Just try And then they do it. But, but, th- but think about this. Way. This is why I was kind of, kind of phrasing it, framing it as a, uh, as a quandary. Let's say... Smoking shotgunning, as he called it, a joint through your nose would make you exponentially higher. And you knew this. You knew that if I smoke it straight through my nose, I'm going to be like crazy high or shove the weed in your asshole. I'm going to get really, really high. Would you do it? Even though you're going to be snorting out fucking resin and buds for the next 10 minutes? No, because that sounds awful. I mean, being higher, I guess, sounds good in some sense, but you know, like it ruins your high because you're really high and your sinuses are all fucked up. You wouldn't try it just once to see if it was true. Oh, I'd probably try it once. I would definitely try <laughs> I it. I thought you were saying, would I do it on a regular basis? I just find it funny. I I would like to think that uh, the lawyer over here, um, Clarence Thomas, convinced this guy or Clarence Darrow. <laughs> I would like to think that uh, the lawyer. Convinced his buddy was just like, dude, you're going to be so stoned if you do this. And that's why he did it. But I don't know. I think you should smoke marijuana through your just regular way. Just just smoke it. Okay? Just smoke <laughs> it through your mouth. Don't stick it up your ass. Don't shove it in your nose. It's just not going to do it. But when you're high, you know, you're suggestive. So, I mean, yeah. everybody's eating it nowadays. I don't I even see. like doing that. I get way too high. I know, but that's why... The people that I know who still smoke weed just by sort of process of elimination are now the people who are just – if you're still smoking weed, you're kind of really into weed at this point. Like you've, you've made the decision. Kind of sore. If you're our age, that that's like going to be your thing till you die. And so you like being really, really high. And then all these places, all these medical marijuana uh, dispensaries, they have all these different kind of foods. You don't even have to bake your own brownies anymore. You just buy it in a package and – uh I don't know. People seem to like it. They really facilitate weed buying. You know, I got I have a, a pot shop, like literally, like a block away. I thought from they there. closed them all down in L.A. Did oh no, there are so them? many. They are there are so many. They're pervasive, like throughout the city, mm. and it's really easy to get. Like when I was in Venice Beach last week, you're wa- walking down the boardwalk. I would say every five shops is a, a weed doctor. They call them the weed doctors. And there's a guy yep. in a green weed coat. Like a medical coat, but it's green, and he's a doctor. And you go up to him, and for forty bucks, they take you in the back room, 
And they just say, and there's a whole list of conditions you could have, like migraines, pick one. back pain. You just pick one, and then forty bucks you get Leg your weed cut card. off by fucking Christmas lights. <laughs> and then that, it's that easy. And then you get a weed card, and then you can just go to any shop in the city and buy an abundance of marijuana. And they have like not only pot brownies, they got like pot ice cream sandwiches and shit. People, people always say that California used to be this great state where they did all these amazing things like build the Golden Gate Bridge and, you know, like L.A. was just this huge powerhouse of like activity, which it still is. And they, But then they always lament that like, oh, now California is just like this mired in bureaucracy and nothing ever gets done. But one thing that's great that we have done is basically the whole state has just circumvented federal drug law by just saying, we just don't give a fuck about weed, and we're not going to enforce this ban on weed, and we're basically going to have weed stores by just saying that it's medical, and when people have fake medical issues, we're just going to think that that's okay. Yeah. Now, it's it's unbelievable that... Uh, and, and it's funny, too, because people are like, oh, the Obama administration is cracking down. It's like, what, they're cracking down on your fake illnesses? And they're not I even mean, really cracking no. down. I mean, everybody's doing it still. I mean, I I think it's like if you're going to like do this charade here where you go to like a fake doctor, marijuana doctor, and with your fake illness, get your fake – just legalize it, okay? It's yeah. just – now it's just becoming a joke. Because no, they can't change the federal law because you can't get like bumfuck Bible Belt jack-offs to ever – just admit that weed is fine and it's no worse than alcohol. So we have to like engage in this 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 game to get it. It's just ridiculous I and mean, it's well, it's foolish. Got to do it somehow. Yeah, I don't know. People call the Sick Wrong Hotline 206-666-3846. Uh, we have one email that I wanted to get to that was sent from uh, your buddy Patrick Swagsy. Remember that guy? Yes. He wrote in and I still was don't saying understand what it means, but okay. He he defines it. I still think it. I still think I can like swag up a barrel. That's my that's my goal. Well, he defines it. He says swag definition. It's a mix of what D and Lance said. It is how you carry yourself, but it's also physical attributes. Swag is an adjective to describe how someone looks. Now the history of it, as far as I can tell, dates back to when the pirates romped romped, he uses that word, romped mm-hmm. the seven seas. And when they would rob, rape, and pillage the other pirate ships, they would take their swagger, which was their bling, as Wackerly put it. <laughs> so that's a horror. I'm still just as confused. Is that yeah. a pirate term? He's making this shit up as he goes along. How how did he how did he connect this with the pirates? I, I've Is that never really a pirate word. Swag. I don't even ever even heard swag in relation to pirates. So does uh, Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean? Does he just like? Is, is that pretty much the definite the epitome of swag? Well, he's not like a historical character. It's a stupid movie based on a ride at Disney yeah, World. But is he like? I mean, does his character have swagger? I guess. I mean, he, he that oh that whole character is modeled after Keith Richards. Who does he? Does Keith Richards have swag? I would assume if anybody has it, he has it. Yeah. So he goes on to say here, and yes, I've slept with two girls over 20 years old because of my swag. Huh. So I guess I'm sure I don't have it, so that's probably part of my problem. He says, if you two want tips, let me know. I know what to say and what to wear. My belly sort of swags back and forth as I walk. Is that... I kind of want his fashion tips. Swagsy. Give me some fashion <laughs> tips here. Send us a here. photo. And pretty much all I ever wear are black pants and a black t-shirt. I'd like to wear something else. So tell me, Swagsy, 
what I can wear to attract these women over 20. I don't know how yeah, well, actually, not, not too far right, over send 20. Send us a photo of your stuff. Yeah, just give us, a, give us an idea here. Maybe make a video telling us what to wear. Also, he says, also, I can send coupons to Lance's fat ass. I just got hired at Home oh, Depot. Oh, right, because he works at Wendy's. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> but he says, I also just got hired at Home Depot. And in case you didn't know, it's not where you work that the bitches love. It's the money that you bring in. Two jobs equals two times the bitches. Fuck that. It's the Frosties. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> it's the money you bring in the bitches love. So he's really raking in the moolah here. I bet, I bet the, you there is a lot of grab ass going on at the Home Depot. He's pulling in some greenbacks at the Wendy's and the uh, Home Depot. Don't you think, though? When I do, I some hate skrilla. the Home Depot, but when I have to go there, you know, there's always a lot of like, some cute girls working the cash register, and then the guys are operating the forklift and the garden center. And that, I bet you there's some grab ass going on, on in the back area. And plus, you could probably just go like hide behind some aisle that no one goes exactly. into. Exactly. Just have a big makeout session in your orange fucking aprons. Yeah. Or maybe take those off. Who knows? Uh, he ends it here with Peace Nillas. N-I-L-L-A-S, like Nilla's. He goes, that means goodbye. Nilla being a play on nigga, which means friend. I don't know if you knew that. That, that I always <laughs> yeah, thought... Some, either he or somebody else has tried this before with us. <laughs> with that no, Nilla? I'm not picking that up. Yeah, I'm not picking that up either. Um, thank you, Patrick Swagsy, for pointing that out. And yes, I'm going to take you up on this. I want, the, I want these fashion tips. So send us a video. Send us some pictures. Let us know what we need to wear to attract these Home Depot bitches. Send me the goddamn Frosty coupons. <laughs> Stick around podcast, hotmail.com is the email address. People, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Give us a rating. Give us a comment. Um, next week, I'm on maybe for the spectacular show, the Halloween oh show. <laughs> now I'm just saying it on purpose. I'm going to read some comments. So give us some Halloween-themed comments. We like that. Send, um, if you're a woman, send in your sexy uh, photo of your sexy costume. Yes, or yes. just wearing nothing is also good. Actually, maybe that's what we'll do. We'll do the uh, the slutty Halloween costumes, and we'll send a T-shirt to the girl with the sluttiest Halloween costume. There it's, you go, bribery. But you got to write "sick" and "wrong" on your titty. Remember that, and S and W on your titty, or then we're not going to believe you. Decolletage, because they're going to have the costume on, right? They're not exactly. Yes, on the, on the neckline, ladies. Um, people, go to the uh, Sick and Wrong Podcast store right now, com slash store, and buy yourself a Cheap Trick t-shirt. Um, they're sexy, they're cool, they're hip. I, don't, I wonder if, uh, if Swagsy would think that wearing a, a Sick and Wrong Cheap Trick tee at a Home Depot will attract the bitches. You think? <laughs> I don't think that's allowed. It's not in the dress code. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Hopefully. It should be. It should be. So people, go to the sickandwrongpodcast.com store and buy yourself a cheap trick tea while you still can. Finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. We're going to end the show with a song by a famous person. Wackley actually picked this song out. Mojo Nixon's I Like Marijuana. <laughs> it's a good song. He's always very straight and to the point. I, hadn't, so I, I haven't like listened it. to that guy forever. It's been years. Um, it's funny I don't that think you he tours up. anymore. And like, whatever happened to Skid Roper? I didn't even know how old is do you think Mojo Nixon? He's gotta be in his like late sixties. No. Sixties? Fifty two. Maybe forty eight. How would no you idea. describe him? Like uh like song parodies? Not even but they're more politically themed. You know, he's like a rockabilly prankster. Yeah. I guess it'd be something like that. But this song is great. It's called I Like Marijuana by Mojo Nixon.
Mojo fucking Nixon. Mojo fucking Nixon. People will be back next week with uh, episode 353, our Halloween show. Until then, take it sleazy. All right, see you later. Hey, man, I'm going to start your song. You ain't even start your song. I Episode 250 with that fucking Mexican fucking exorcist.
fuck you guys. I can't even believe you played that. That was the worst thing. I actually, it's the first episode I ever skipped. Jesus Christ. Even the Wackerly solo episode. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. That was amazing compared to that fucking Mexican. Jesus Christ. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. 